Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Knowledge is Power Podcast Live. I'm with my co-host, LaDonna Sherwood. Hello, LaDonna. Hello. How are you? Great, great, great. We've got uh, uh, we've got a, a great guest tonight, and I'd like to let everybody in the audience know that Knowledge is Power Podcast Live, we do not endorse candidates. No. We do not, and we welcome all the candidates because we want to be open to everybody in the community to know who their candidate is. And again, we do not endorse, but we welcome us as guests. Every last one of them, we welcome all of them. So with that being said, uh, let's talk about, before we bring our guests, and our guest tonight is uh, the candidate for mayor, W.L. Pate Jr. We're going to bring him back on here in a minute, but Donna, what you got shaking? Well, I guess the first thing we need to let the people know is Knowledge is Power Podcast Live is a platform to share important information by educating Southeast Texas African-American communities with valuable information on health, education, finance, politics, and business. We pride ourselves on keeping our hand on the pulse of the community and letting you know what is going on in and around the Golden Triangle. That's right. The Knowledge is Power podcast live is available on Facebook, Spotify, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, Apple, iTunes, and Google Play. Okay, so now <laughs> on to the Texas Rent Relief Program. We just want to make sure that all the citizens, landlords, and tenants know that if you're having trouble during COVID with paying your rent, there is a rent relief program where there are monies designated by the city, the state, and the county to help with your rent. And that is at www.texasrentrelief.com or you can call 1-833-9-89-7368. Okay, well tell me about the funeral system and why you... There is also a COVID funeral assistance through FEMA.gov. That's if you have a loved one that has died in 2020 due to COVID and that is on their death certificate, there is some funeral assistance being given by FEMA. And we want to make sure that people in our community are kept up to date and made aware of all the possible opportunities to get this government funding and that we don't let this money slip through the cracks or get through our hands and we don't get our fair share. That's right. That's right. You can also check out our new website. That's www.knowledgeispowerpodcast.live. You can catch all the previous shows on this website and all the other news. And also on our Facebook page, Knowledge is Power has a Facebook page with a lot of history, knowledge, wisdom, education, healthcare. Everything you need is there for you, uh, for all the families that needing some assistance, things that you didn't know and learn in school is right there for you uh, on our website. And we're going to say hello to Robert Dawkins. He's going to give him, we got to give him a shout out tonight. He's tuning in on us. And I thank you, Robert. Uh, And uh, so what we've got, have we caught up with everything, Adana? I think pretty much there's some things that we are leaving out. We want to make sure that I'm working on a get out the vote initiative and I know so is James Payne and Sean Billary Samuel, where one reaches seven. And we are challenging everybody to reach seven people, be responsible for getting their pictures, 
making sure that they show up to the polls. Um, we know that early voting is April 19th through the 27th, with election day being May 1st. Your voice is your vote. And if you want to be vocal, you must vote local. So I'm looking forward to being at the polls and just encouraging people to show up every day. Like, um, you know, whatever we have to do, whether it's sandwiches or little initiatives or challenges or whatever, encourage them to make sure that we, the community, especially the African-American and Hispanic communities, get out and vote. That's right. Get out and vote. Early voting star when? April 19th through the 27th. All right. Hey, we'll be right back. We'll be right back after our intro. Knowledge is Power Podcast Live with your host, Tony Redford, and my co-host, LaDonna Sherwood and Francis Lawkins. Knowledge is Power Podcast Live starts now. Well, look who we have here with us, W.L. Pate Jr. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, Tony, LaDonna, I'm doing great. I want to thank y'all so much for doing this for our community. Uh, it's so important. When, when you use the phrase knowledge is power, sometimes people just sort of take it for granted. But uh, there's no question. The more you know, the less mistakes you make. Uh, somebody said that once, and if they didn't, I'll take credit. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad that you said that as well, because we have been getting a little pushback through, you know, people trolling and things of that nature that, we're not educated and our show is stupid and all of these different things. But at the same time, they're using the information from our show to write their articles. So I told them you are a shining example that knowledge truly is power because it's that's, being used for right. your benefit. <laughs> when you have people like that, um, of course, growing up Baptist, what we do is put them on the prayer list. Uh, <laughs> Amen. They obviously need a little uh road to Damascus experience to kind of see the light. Uh, there are always people, and you know this, I can't tell you anything you don't know. Uh, there are always people that are jealous of other people that are successful in whatever it is. They go, well, they just got lucky or, or uh, God, why are they getting it? And I'm not. Well, there's a reason for it. The harder you work, the luckier you get. And I've, uh, and we know that. And pra perfect practice makes perfect. And every night that you guys do this on Tuesday and Sunday, uh, you get a chance to tell people things they don't know. Our mission in life, and I, I was so, you know, what I inherited from my parents was values about why we're here. And just like you're doing right now with your podcast, they said, W.L., your mission in life is to make the world a better place than the world you found when you got here. God didn't put you down here to take up space. So get to work and start doing it. And that's why we're all here. It's a shame 
that rather than supporting you uh, and telling you what a great job you're doing, that you have people criticizing you. If they got a better plan, tell them to hop on a podcast and see if anybody watches. I got news for them. If they're that kind of person, nobody's going to tune in to them. Positive, you got that, you got that right, baby. And knowledge is power podcast. Liza is averaging over 8,000 followers and viewers in, in the first seven days. So they can just go ahead and take that. <laughs> well, you, like I said, you put them on a prayer list because they obviously need some guidance. Uh, and uh, but again, I appreciate both of you doing this. Uh, it's so important for people to know. You know, and Tony, you and I have known each other for a long time. LaDonna and I not quite as long, but it's so important for people, particularly at the local level, to know who their representatives are. That's as close as they'll ever get to government is in city council. The average person is never going to meet the president of the United States, uh, the governor of Texas or Louisiana or wherever. Uh, and if you got 8,000, I guarantee you got people listening and watching from other states. They're not going to be able to meet the lieutenant governor, even their state senator, and sometimes not even their state representative. Fortunately, Joe Deschatel and I've been friends for, well, let's see, Joe was at Lamar as a student. That's how far back we go. But not everybody has that opportunity. And it really surprises people. You know, when, I, when I'm going through uh, the grocery store, I'll say, hey, how are you doing? I'm W.L. Pate. If you live in Beaumont, I'm your city council member. And they go, really? Like they don't expect to see somebody from City Hall. And that's sad for me uh, that the average person wouldn't expect to see somebody that represents them. Uh, but I never assume that every that everybody knows me or anybody knows me. And, right. I have, and a lot of people just can't even put a face with a name. So sometimes right. just being visible, you know, lets them know that you're around and, you know, like you say, just shaking hands and meeting people. Well, and see, that's so that is not that's never been a task for me because, uh, as I said, there's things I inherited from my parents and it was the guidance on how to treat people. I, I read a book every day that I know you guys do as well. It says you treat people the way you want to be treated. And, you know, I grew up on the north end of town. And actually, I, my first home was a duplex on Magnolia and Lavo, which was never uptown. Uh, it's still there. Matter of fact, if you drive down, there's a little empty lot right to the rights at duplex. My grandfather, who was a bus driver, for Trailways Bus Company, lived right next door, and uh, he finally retired in 1955. But I grew up on the north end of town, moved to Toledo Street uh, off Cleveland. And uh, so uh, every day I wake up, I'm so thankful that I live in Beaumont, Texas. I've been so many other places as a retired army colonel. And like I said, Tony, you and I have talked about this in the past, but I've lived in other States, been to foreign countries. I love Beaumont. That's, that's why I'm here. Uh, most people are retiring at my age and playing golf. You know, I played golf a long time ago. I'm actually opening up new businesses today. Uh, as, as you may know, I'm one of the partners with Finch Hutton, which is a fine dining restaurant here that used to be the grill in Beaumont, Texas.
And I also, in January, started a polypharmacy diagnostic company that actually helps the physicians identify the top 120 drugs, supplements, and over-the-counter uh, medicines that they're taking when the average person that goes to the doctor and is prescribed medication doesn't take it. And then they wonder why they're not getting any better. Well, this is a simple urine test and it tells the doctor not only what he prescribed or she prescribed, but what their cardiologist, urologist, OBGYN prescribed that's in their system that they didn't know. And it's a, a literally a medical breakthrough. And I just formed this company uh, with a doctor out of Atlanta who's got the uh, polypharmacy profile. Uh, and we're bringing it, literally, we're bringing it to Beaumont as we speak right now. So, uh, as I said, most people retire when they get to my age. I'm trying to figure out how to do more things. Uh, I kind of am inspired by Colonel Sanders. He didn't even go into the chicken business and until he started collecting social security and you got to think about, you know, that's pretty funny, but uh, that's why I'm so excited about Beaumont, Texas. Uh, well, that having, brings me to a good point. Um, tell me what do you feel like prepared you for this mayoral run? What, what do well, you have? What skill set do you bring to the mayor's seat? That's an excellent question. You know, one of the things when you, uh, I spent nearly 40 years in the headhunting, the executive recruiting and staffing business. And the first thing my clients who paid me to find their people uh, would ask, what kind of experience do they have in our field? For instance, if I was looking for a CFO in healthcare for a hospital, they don't care that that guy was a CPA and worked for retail. They want to know how much experience do they have in healthcare, And so as, as you look at the mayor's race, you ask yourself, what's the most important thing? Number one, this is a job. It pays $600 a month. Nobody's doing this for the month. But you ask yourself, if you can get somebody who has 14 years experience in city government, representing the whole city like I have, which as an at-large council member who has an MBA in economics, who's a retired army colonel that brings leadership and vision and experience in city government, just compare that to the other people and then make your decision. You're paying for the mayor. You want to get the best one with the most experience. And uh, after 14 years, quite honestly, when I first got elected, I thought that uh, Mayor Ames, who's done a wonderful job, spent 27 years working with the city. I thought she would probably stay three or four terms. And when that happened, I would run for mayor, stay two terms, and then uh, help develop new leadership to come in and follow me. Well, it took a little longer than that. But I'm telling people the maximum I'm going to stay is two terms. I know there's some things that we can get done in two in four years. And that's what I'm telling people. I, I want to be your mayor and I will bring to this position someone who knows about city government, 
who knows about leadership, who cares about Beaumont and is there knowing, and I will be there and you will know that my only agenda is Beaumont, Texas. Wait a minute. Can I get you on the record about that two year? Uh, are you sure? Are you certain about that? I'm a, I only want to turn. Oh, absolutely. Write it down. Here's the thing. If I tell you something, if you don't have a bank, buy one and then take it to the bank. Cause, uh, like I said earlier, if you're always telling the truth, you don't have to remember what story you told last time. Two terms was is all I plan on staying. And uh, there are great people in Beaumont, but part of being a leader, leaders develop leaders. And I've done that in the military. I've done that in life. And uh, that's what I'm, I'm going to do as mayor. There's some great people in Beaumont that will be great mayors in the future. And I want to help get them prepared to be a better mayor than I am. That's what great leaders do. Lay the groundwork. But Debbie, um, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tony. I was going to ask now you, you've been on the council for 14 years. What make it, what make you feel this time is the right time to, to be mayor? What so what I'm asking is for the last past 14 years, what are some of your accomplishments that you've you uh, have accomplished uh, in those 14 years that say, hey, listen, if I was the mayor now, I can do more. What I I want to know, and I'm sure everybody else would like to know. Oh, that, listen, I am so glad you asked that. One of the things that a team player does, and I is you understand you're on the team. You're not the team. You're part of a team. I'm the type of individual that what can I do to help? For instance, I sit down with Dr. Evans, who's leaving Lamar University. And I said, Dr. Evans, I know you want to develop this area around Lamar. And we're going to make this an enterprise zone. And we're going to start an MLK and Cardinal Drive. Please tell me where you would like the boundaries to be on the other side. And he looked at me, he said, WL, are you kidding? I said, Dr. Evans, when it comes to Beaumont and business, I don't joke around. And he decided, well, how about Highland and LG? I said, okay, fine. The first within literally a month after that happened, that Express Mart started laying their foundation. That was two and a half million dollars right there on the corner of MLK and Cardinal Drive. Now, I didn't go out and tell everybody, hey, look what I did for Lamar, for the city uh, in Ward 4, because I represent all. I've lived in every ward. Not everybody has, but I've lived in every single ward in Beaumont, Texas. So if I'm doing something for Beaumont, it's helping the whole city. When we were uh, uh, when we got the money from the wells that we had at the municipal airport, and we worked with Congress to actually change the law to allow us to spend those funds on transportation because the original FFA grant said we're supposed to spend all that money on the airport. Well, we have a landlocked airport, which, by the way, has improved significantly under Chris Moe. But we have a landlocked airport. We couldn't spend $50 million on that airport. Absolutely not. We got the law changed. And that's what funded Washington Boulevard, which is in Ward 4, $35 million. 
It also helped us fund, uh, mag, you know, resurface magnolia, con uh, and we did a whole lot of other streets. And we built that Northwest Parkway from Parkdale Mall out to Major. Well, I went to the uh, property owners who were kind enough to donate their property and say, hey, fellas, now these guys are friends of mine that I've known for a long time. I said, you know, it'd really be great if you guys would pick up the engineering and we could spend more money on the streets. Those guys were so gracious and dedicated to Beaumont that they picked up several hundred thousand dollars of engineering fees that didn't cost the taxpayers. Now, I didn't run out and say, hey, look, I just brought a two and a half million dollar project to Cardinal Drive and MLK. I just saved the taxpayers several hundred thousand dollars by getting the property owners to pay for the engineering so that we could spend that money on the streets. When HEB came to, well, when they were trying to get HEB to come to town, and I'm talking about the one on Calder, uh, on College and 11th Street, uh, David Palmer, who is the retiring CEO at Baptist Hospital said, hey, WL, would you come sit down with us and, and see if, and, and bring Kyle and anybody else we're trying to get HEB, the Feeling Company, Eric Meadows, and those great people over there to put a deal together to buy that old Baptist hospital, tear it down, and do something with that property. Because we were getting zero taxes right there at a major intersection of College and 11th Street. So I sit down with them, and, and we told them, look, we'll do everything for you that we'd do for Sky Thompson who owns Market Basket, who's local, or Kroger, or anybody else. But we're not going to do anything for HEB. We wouldn't do for anybody else. And so uh, if we need 380s or whatever it is, we're happy to do it. Well, we left that meeting, and I really thought we were on the right track. Well, after a couple of weeks, I'd call David, and I'd say, how's it coming? He said, well, you know, not really anything going on. Well, after a few more weeks, I'd call him back because that's what you do when you're in business. You follow up. And uh, finally, after several weeks, he said, WL, I think this deal's dead with HEB. I said, really? I picked the phone up, called the HEB people that do the real estate. And I said, I've got the distinct impression that you're trying to make this store generate enough money on the property that you have and you can't generate enough money, enough volume to pay that store off as fast as you would like to, to make it financially viable for HEB. And he said, uh, Councilman Pate, you know a whole lot more about grocery stores than most people we ever talked to on city council. I said, it's all about business. I said, what if we could, close Stag Drive and allow you to go back there and expand uh, the square footage, would that work for you? And he said, can you, can you tell me you can do that? I said, let me tell you this. The people on the Beaumont City Council are going to do everything they can to help you be successful. You run the numbers and call me back. And if it works, then we'll work with you. So he ran the numbers, called me back and said, Councilman, if you can shut Stag Drive down, let us build all the way back there. 
we got a deal. Now, now I didn't come out and say, here's what I did to help get a pharmacy right there at College and 11th Street for that community, for that area. I didn't say that. I didn't say we got a brand new grocery store that's a, a fantastic uh, piece of property that now is going to be paying taxes instead of being non-taxable as a nonprofit, the Baptist Hospital's property was. I didn't say one word about it. Matter of fact, you can go back and look at the newspaper, the TV. I never said one word about it. Well, it I, been, I'm, ahead, I'm sorry. sorry. No, uh, but that's just it. To me, it came before city council. It went seven to one to close, close it out, uh, to close Stag Drive. They built it. I was happy, but I wasn't walking around town saying, look what I did to make that happen. That's not the kind of guy I am. What area, other areas that we need uh, grocery stores do you know? Well, look, I told you I grew up in the north end of town and uh, we we need more grocery stores. There is a, a, a desert in some areas. And absolutely. But one of the things that I understand about business is we can't make anybody go somewhere. We can just try to incentivize them to have reasons to just like we did H-E-B there. The H-E-B store there, uh, there was an H-E-B store on West Lucas and they shut that one down. I, uh, and that was a business decision on their part for whatever reason. But the bottom line is they always look, can we make money here? Let me do, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I said, as I said, I have a master's degree in economics. I look at it from the standpoint of business. How can we make it work for you? How can we make it easier for you to get a permit? How can we make it easier for you to build? How can we make it easier for you to make a profit so you can hire people and expand uh, the, the job opportunities here in Beaumont, Texas? That's what business is all about. And I'll do everything I can to put grocery stores anywhere they're needed to enhance and incentivize people to want to open one up. Can't make them do it, but I can sure try to do everything I can to incentivize them and uh, encourage them to do it. Two questions. I'm glad you bought permitting up and making it easier to build and making it make sense for people for the private public partnership. Do you think that there are some changes or regulations that need to be updated, changed, conformed or whatever in permitting, um, planning and zoning and things of that nature to make it more efficient or easier for people? That's one question. Yeah. <laughs> OK, so before you answer that. And then my second question was, while you were talking, the first thing that I was thinking was, what do you find having been on council for 14 years? is the most pressing issue that you want to address as mayor. What would be your primary focus as mayor on day one? So that's a two-part thing. Permitting and zoning, and can we make it easier? And what do you think is the major component that Beaumont needs to address day number one when you take office? Well, listen, both great questions. First one uh, has to do, the only reason, I did a project for Sam's Club back in the 80s. They opened up Sam's Club and they called my company and said, hey, W.L., will you do the, the uh, marketing for Sam's Club? 
that's the key to every single Sam's Club opening up. They have to sell memberships. I brought in 25 people, none of whom knew anything about sales because I told them, I said, let me tell you what we're doing. The only reason anybody goes into business is to make a profit. Once they do that, then they can do whatever they want to do with the money. But if they don't make profit, they go out of business. And I said, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask every one of you to go to the business decision maker and say, if I can show you how I can affect your bottom line, will you give me seven minutes? Now, when they told me they wanted that done, they said, oh, by the way, W.O., we normally take six weeks. We're only giving you four and a half. We're behind schedule. That's fine and dandy. We opened up Sam's Club. A gentleman walks over to me and says, hi, how you doing? I'm Sam Walton. I said, Mr. Walton, I'm W.L. Pate. He said, I know who you are. I said, you do? He said, yes, I do. I've opened up stores in San Antonio, Houston, New Orleans, much bigger communities than Beaumont, Texas. And you broke every sales record we ever had. How did you do it? Now, here's the richest man in the world at the time saying, W.L. Pate from Beaumont, Texas, how did you make me more successful? And I told him, I said, Mr. Walton, he said, please call me Sam. I said, that's really hard for me because my family, it's yes, sir, and no, sir. He said, I'll take it as a personal favor. I said, yes, sir, Sam. And I told him just exactly what I just said to you. The only reason anybody goes into business is to make a profit. Now, how can we help them do that? That ties in directly to permitting and all the uh, programs that people have to fill out uh, and all the procedures they have to follow. First thing I'm going to do is sit down with the contractors and the builders and say, what can we do to help you? You know what our issues are. I want to sit down with you. You tell me how we can make it better. People that do it every day know how to make it better. And so we want to streamline. We have a one-stop shop. They can go right there. But if it takes months to get permits or it's slowed down for whatever reason, we want to eliminate all that. We want to sit down and say, we want to make sure that we follow the ordinances and the regulations, but we want to make it easier on you as a business person to build something so you can hire more people who will make Beaumont better. Now, that is one of the things as it relates to permitting. Uh, I'm a business guy. That's how I look at it. How can we make it easier for people to form businesses, to build businesses and expand businesses? That's what we want to do. Now, your second question was, what, are we, what would be my number one priority? Uh, as mayor, if I'm if I remember correctly, LaDonna. Yes, you got it. OK, well, first off, we all have to be on the same team. And if we're not on the same team, it doesn't make any difference what your priorities are. We all have to realize we're on Team Beaumont. And we need somebody that's a leader that understands saying, look, we can do great things. But we have to understand we all are ignorant just in different subjects. I'm going to give Will Rogers credit for that. We are. So we bring in people that are knowledgeable about things in which we're not. Now, uh, team building, 
listen, one of the great things about being in the military is they team is the unit cohesiveness is the thing that you hear over and over and over again. And it comes from the top down. Now, as many of you may have heard, I started out as a private when I was 18 years old, made $3 and three cents a day is, and that is a day, not an hour a day. I retired as Lieutenant Colonel, but one of my focuses was that I'm going to learn something every single day to be a better leader. I was a private. I've got promoted. I was a Sergeant. I got commissioned at Fort Benning, Georgia, the, the infantry school. There's a big bronze statue out there of a Lieutenant holding a weapon and with his hand up saying, follow me. I get goosebumps every time I say that because that's the same place my father graduated and got commissioned during World War II, 25 years younger, 25 years earlier at the age of 19 years old. So it, it gives me goosebumps to think about that. But my point is the military does a better job of teaching leadership than just about anybody. And the whole time that I was in the military, I continued to strive to learn to be better at what I did. Training, I, I, I was commissioned in the infantry, also was branch qualified in transportation. I was branch qualified in artillery. I got a prefix five, which is nuclear, biological and chemical weapons. I was one of the youngest graduates of Command General Staff College as a 30 year old captain. You're supposed to be a major to even qualify to get into Command General Staff College, which is a graduate degree in military arts and science. But I already had an MBA in economics. I ended up being the headquarters commandant of the largest reserve unit in the United States. The largest reserve unit in the United States of America. And in a time when it's all volunteer, we had the highest retention in that unit in Fifth Army. That's Everybody, active duty, reservists, it didn't make any difference. We had the biggest unit with the greatest retention. And that okay. goes down to leadership. People have to want to be there to stay there when it's all volunteer. If you in, if once you're in leadership, once you're mayor of Beaumont, let's just say that. I'm just proactive. Yeah, I'll say that again. This. Yeah, I sort okay. of like well, you said that. Let's don't. say this. If, if someone or a private a group come to you and let's say they propose, made a proposal to build a new piece of public infrastructure in our city, like an amusement park or a indoor water park or a uh, something with a huge uh, attraction that would come, that, that would approach you. How will you evaluate whether that project is worth implementing or how would you, would you be eager to uh, bring that to, to the city, uh, bring that tax dollar to the city as if it was another Sam's or a, a HEB? Oh, absolutely. That's an excellent question. You know, there's a lot of public-private partnership groups out there. And as, as someone who's been very active in Texas Municipal League since I first got elected and as a leader in the Texas Municipal League, and actually I'm the region president for uh, 
for uh, Region 16 for the second time. I'm all about developing things like a water park. Matter of fact, several years ago, there was an individual who, interestingly enough, had the same last name as mine, named Pate, who wanted to work through the county and the city to develop a hotel and water park. Well, he said, I want to bring an embassy suite, uh, suites to Beaumont, put it out at Ford Park, build a water park. Well, as somebody who's negotiated a lot of deals, I sit down with this guy literally for five minutes and said, this guy will never make this happen. Not uh, for any other reason other than you recognize people who tell you they can do it, but can't. Now, the water park, I think it's a great idea because it will bring people from two to three hours away to absolutely. absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I was all for a water park, mm -hmm. but this guy was never going to be able to develop it. And here's why. Here's the kind of guy I am. I had a general tell me one time, he said, Major Pate, you know what your problem is? You're so prepared. You make everything look easy because you figured out what the contingency plan A, B, C, and D is, and you just slide right into it. And all these other officers don't know what you do. I said, General, as long as you do, that's all that counts for me. Now, I knew this guy couldn't put this deal together because I did my homework. John Q. Hammond has had, at that time, 30 embassy suites out of the 200. I got a hold of the senior vice president of John Q. Hammond. And I said, look, you got a Holiday Inn right here in Beaumont that you own that looks like most embassy suites. Have you ever thought about making that an embassy suite? And the gentleman said, WL, we looked at it. We could not make it financially viable because as an embassy suite, we would have to charge back then $139 a night average to be uh, profitable. And as we well know, the MCM Elegante, great organization, uh, they are the biggest competitor that Holiday Inn. They couldn't afford to raise their rates $40 and hope people stayed there. And so when this guy said he was going to build an MC Suites, I said, it'll never happen because that's what you'd have to charge. And people that are bringing their softball teams of girls and young men are not going to pay 140 bucks if they can go down to the, uh, to the MCM Elegante and get a room for 99. They're just not going to do it. And so I told city council, I said, look, I'm all for a water park. I'm all for an embassy suites, but this guy isn't going to do it. The vote was six to one, as if my memory serves me correctly. We still don't have a water park and we don't have an embassy suites. But I, I, right. how, how, how would you bring, how would the city attract those type of, uh, well, uh, you, you know, there's a couple of people out there that, uh, are very good at putting these programs together, public partner, private partnership. You mm -hmm. sit down with them and say, okay, what can we do? Uh, I talked to some people from Hawaiian falls that had developed that water park in Pflugerville, uh, and other ones as well. Uh, they, they've since, uh, Hawaiian Falls uh, is no longer a viable company anymore because sometimes people just, you know, they, they run their route and then they, you know, retire and move on. 
but there are companies out there that would do that. And I'm, I, I guarantee you, I'm going to be reaching out to them and say, look, if take a look at Beaumont, what would we need to do to help you come here and be successful? That's a win for the citizens of Beaumont, a win for you as a business person, a win for the taxpayers so that we're not underwriting everything. Right. And then we'll have a, we'll have a win, win, win situation, which is the way I've always worked because, you know, when you're a headhunter and like I said, Tony, you and I go back quite a ways when you're a headhunter and you're working a contingency, I'd say, look, you're going to pay me if you hire my guy. If I don't give you somebody you're going to hire, you don't owe me anything. Well, I got to have a lot of confidence that I know what to do. If I'm going to put all the time and effort, in order to find them the right person because I only get paid if my client's happy and the candidate's happy, then I'm happy. So I'm real familiar with the win, win, win. And that's exactly a, the approach I would take uh, as mayor of Beaumont, Texas. Okay, I, have a, I have a major issue that I want to address. Okay. Please. Young people do not want to stay here. Young people do not feel a part of the process. Young people do not feel valued, viewed, listened to, heard. And I'm going to throw a few things at you. I'm going to throw the racial climate. I'm going to throw retaining smart people, you know, smart, educated people that have got, gotten an education here and go leave. And I'm also going to throw um, nightlife and, and entertainment and all of these things. I'm also I'm I'm look, I'm gonna layer something else on that question and say uh overall involvement in the city, um just feeling a part of the city, uh retaining young people that are educated, making sure they have something to do, making sure that they are informed on uh city practices, policies, things that are going on. And having something going on. What what are your thoughts, your feelings, your ideas? Because young people are are the future, and they're going to be the you know the engine that is going to keep Beaumont running and bringing money in, and uh, you know growing families and things of that nature. What are we going to do to get people like myself in their thirties active, involved, encouraged, and excited, and not you know considered living in one of the saddest places in America and all this kind of stuff and what what are we gonna do? Well, that number one, I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, as somebody who had the opportunity, when I got an MBA from Lamar, uh, which I got in one year, I got an MBA in economics in one year. There were only ten thousand MBAs that year. Okay, I could have found someplace else to live, but I love Beaumont because my parents love Beaumont, and they told me how good Beaumont was. Nothing happens until somebody sells something. Up till then, nothing happens. And we have not done as good a job of selling Beaumont. I have been other places. I've lived in other states. I've lived in other cities. I've been to foreign countries. I can compare Beaumont to Atlanta, Georgia, San Francisco, San Diego, and tell you what's good about all of them, but why I'm here instead. And that's the thing. Too many times people will repeat negative things 
and not accentuate the positive things. Matter of fact, somebody wrote a song about that years ago. Matter of fact, decades ago. We have got to start telling people how good Bowman is. We got Lamar University, one of the outstanding institutions of higher learning. Right here in Beaumont, everybody doesn't have a university. They don't even have a junior college. And we've got a great university. And I'm talking about a university that is ranked, literally was ranked ahead of MIT and Georgia Tech in engineering. Now, if, when I said that, I'm sure you thought, really? Lamar University? And the answer is yes. At one time, we gradu graduated more PhDs in engineering than either one of those schools. And when you look at the nursing program at Lamar, and when you look at all the sciences, uh, Dr. Jim Jordan and the Earth uh, Space Science Center that he's got out there, the College of Business is accredited. I could go on and on, but we don't spend enough time telling people how good we are. And we listen to what everybody else says about, man, you want to go to Houston. I had three offices in Houston, one in Ohio. I never thought about moving over there. I don't want to be stuck in traffic. In Beaumont, Texas, wherever you live, you'd be, you'd be on the other side of town in 15 minutes. In Houston, Texas, I used to stop and go to Carrabba's before I went home because I didn't want to sit in traffic for an hour and a half. That's why I came back. So that's something that's to talk. That, we are so glad you're here. What, what you, um, not to cut you uh, off, uh, WL, let's move on because we got to get answer the answer board with a comment board right quick. And I'm going to give you one minute sure. to answer the questions. We're going to rush through them right quick. Uh, we're going to keep everybody here all night. But let's see here. Let's go to one here. Uh, Homer. Okay. Um, Homer wants to hear Homer 22345, whatever. He likes to hear your policies. What is your policy? You got one minute. Well, it, it depends on what you're looking at. You know, uh, first off, my policy is about bringing everybody together. It's a team concept. Beaumont's 120,000 people. It's team Beaumont. That's my policy. My agenda is Beaumont. It, it isn't about Ward 1, 2, 3, and 4. It's about the whole city. If Ward 3 and 4 continue to progress, Everybody benefits, you know, the ship rises. It's just that simple. Uh, my policy about city council, because uh, as we know, sometimes there are people that are content, really can be contentious and that's hard to get, you know, that are hard to work with. Well, listen, one of the great things about having your own business, starting it from zero and building it up, you had to build a team and everybody had to be on it. When you're in the military, listen, the egos in military, it, we think we know people with big egos. I'm telling you, if you've got a bunch of army officers that are great in all the things they do, they think their ideas are better than everybody. As a commander, I'd have to say, hey, I appreciate your idea, but I want your input and I want your input. And with your input and your input, we're going to have the best decision. But I'm the one that's going to make the decision. I'm the one leading this and I need your help. I don't need for you guys to be at odds. We're all on the same team. As a quarterback in high school and college, the team wins, not the quarterback. 
the team wins. And that's exactly the way I've always approached every single decision at Beaumont in Beaumont, Texas. That's right. You're gonna have you're gonna have new candidates uh, on on in the chamber. Uh, and I'm looking forward. We got some great candidates right. out there running. And, and I'm really excited that, about it. I hope we need to bring uh we need to bring it together uni unified. You come up with unity. Yes. All right, uh Roger Van Brocklin is asking, would you be in favor of bringing back the eleventh street cruise? <laughs> Listen, I'm old <laughs> enough to remember that was the only thing to do on the weekends. I mean, we had the Gayland Theater, but other than driving up and down Eleventh Street, there really wasn't a whole lot to do back in those days. Yeah. But uh, we're obviously talking about uh, hot summer nights, yeah. uh, cars, and I'm I'm all for that. You know, I'm all for that too. Okay, you know, Terry Ross said as a large at candidate. Wait, I'm sorry. As a at large candidate, which was an at large candidate for 14 years, why hasn't uh, you fought harder for Amelia area, which is one of the worst wards? Well, the, uh, the question should be, what was it in Amelia that you wanted that you don't think that I addressed? Because here's the thing. I will tell you, as I said earlier, we're all ignorant, just in different subjects. And again, I'm giving Will Rogers credit mm -hmm. for that. If there's an issue, you, you can't assume with 85 square miles that everybody on city council knows every single issue on every street. But if you bring it to me and I ignored it, that'd be one thing. But I think if you ask people that have actually brought things to me and said, hey, W.L., we have an issue with this, I will address it. Matter of fact, if you send me an email, I, I send the email back to you. Thank, um, I appreciate the Army teaching me how to type 65 words a minute, and I do. So the email comes directly from me. And those of you that do send in submissions to, sometimes it just goes to the council. I'll answer it individually and say, here's what we're going to do. And here's, here's what the situation is. I take an interest. I answer emails. If you call me when I hand you uh, my card for the city council and for mayor, it's got my cell phone on. So when you call, I pick it up and go, Hey, this is WLP. Uh, how can I help you? I'm not perfect. Nobody is. Well, there was one person uh, that we all try to follow. But my point is, if you've got a question or you've got an issue, Terry, you let me know what it is. I'm, I'm happy to address it, but I have to know what it is and specifically what you want to accomplish so that we can work together uh, to solve it. I'm all about solving problems. That's what you got to do. You got to Solomon, smartest guy, ever, wisest man. Wise is a man with many counselors. If you've got an idea, I want to hear it. I don't assume I know all the answers. I'm smart enough to know that I don't. But I know you know things I don't know. Tony does. LaDonna does. And I want to hear from you. And all of us working together, we can do anything. There is no limit except the ones that we set on uh, that we set on ourselves. My dad told me when I was growing up, he said, son, the only person who can hold you back is the person you're looking at when you comb your hair. Now, that doesn't take me as long now as it did back then. But the idea is we have held ourselves back in Beaumont by not working together. And that's what we're going to do when I'm mayor. We are going to work together. Well, Don, you have any? I 
I'm actually pleasantly surprised by this interview. And I think just getting to talk to you and letting you kind of, sometimes you're right, knowledge is power and allowing people just a little glimpse into who you really are can kind of change the hearts and minds of people. So I'm excited about um, the last thing that I'd like to do uh, finally before we close it out is tell us uh, what what do you what do you envision for Beaumont in the future? What what is the future better Beaumont with W.O. Paper Mayor look like? What what I know is that Satchel Page said, don't look back. Somebody might be gaining on it. Well, Beaumont is for a long time. We've had so much that were just natural resources that that we had ExxonMobil. We had these other uh, companies that were here that really helped us kind of keep things moving all the time. But you can't live on what happened in the past. People used to sell buggy whips. They used to ride horses. And I know how to ride a horse, but I much prefer to drive cars. And we've got to get in the 21st century and say, look, what can we do as Beaumont? And not complain about what we haven't done. There's a reason the windshield is much bigger than the rear view mirror. And people need to quit looking back and say, here's what happened. I don't want, look, if you're looking back, you're not looking forward because you can't do both. And what we need to do in Beaumont is to look forward and say, what can we do? Not why didn't we do it before now? I can't change that. You know, the most useful, useless piece of information anybody ever tells you is, you know what I would have done? Well, how in the heck does that help us? Because you telling me what you would have done with 2020 hindsight doesn't help me at all. What can we do now <laughs> to move forward? And one of the things, for those of you that don't know me very well, and some of you do, when I was in high school, I was voted most friendly. Now, here's the thing. You can't make people vote for you for most friendly. You either are or you aren't. And, and that was at French High School, class of 66. And the people that know me know this isn't political with me. I act the same way all the time around everybody. I don't have... I don't see Tony one day and then see Tony another day with somebody else and act differently. I don't do that. And people that know me know that. And if you go back and ask some of my friends that were it's that were students uh, that uh, Robert Sarton, Wesley Pollard, some of the other ones that were uh, young black students at French high school, because we actually integrated French high school before any of the other schools did ask them how they were treated by me back then. It hasn't changed. I still think the world of those guys and they, they've both been very successful. And that's what's great about Beaumont. We have so much, so much that upon which to build our community, but we take it for granted and we shouldn't. Uh, my good friend, Jerry Levice, first black athlete to play in Southwest Conference, All-American, All-Pro. When he tried out for football for Coach Ozan, you had to weigh 112 pounds. He went in and weighed, and he didn't weigh enough. He put rocks in his pants and then went back and weighed again. And while he was on the scale, his pants broke, 
and the rocks fell out. And Coach Ozen said, anybody that wants to play that much, I'm putting them on the team. Now, here's what he did. Because Coach Ozan, who was a good friend of mine, Coach Smith, same thing, Coach Willie Ray Smith, because of what Coach Ozan did, look at how it changed America. America, Jerry Levice, the first black athlete in the Southwest Conference. And when he was on the Tonight Show, he's the one that said, Johnny said, where are you from? Johnny Carson, Beaumont, Texas, pro football capital of the world. And Johnny goes, really? Who's uh, from Beaumont plays in the NFL? And he didn't say W.L. Payton, Tony Renfro. He said Bubba Smith, Tody Smith, Wayne Moore, Louis Kelcher, Gus Holloman, Johnny Fuller, Anthony Guillory. These guys were all pros. And Carson looks at him and said, all those guys from Boma? And he goes, as a matter of fact, they are. He's, Carson said, well, it must have been tough to get in a pickup game. And it was. But that's the kind of impact that Coach Ozan had on Boma by encouraging guys like uh, Jerry Levice to break barriers when this Jerry never weighed over 160 pounds in, in his life, but he was an all pro wide receiver from Beaumont, Texas that literally changed so many things. One person can make a difference and working together. Gee whiz. How great can Beaumont be having Tony on the team and LaDonna on the team and all of us working together to move Beaumont forward. How do you beat that? And the answer is you can't when we all play together. That's right. When we all play together, that'd be a good that that'll be a good branding for the city, uh, the the pro, Beaumont, Texas, the pro football capital of the world, where we uh, all yeah. play together. Yeah, we brand, we branded it. We got a new brand, so we're gonna stick with that brand. Beaumont, not, I like it. it. Yeah, the pro football capital of the world. We, yeah, you know, spin a top, you know, but. And one thing, too, to attest to your friendliness, I can remember going to your place, and the first time I met you, I can remember you coming over to the table, and the first thing I was thinking was, well, that was really nice. You know what I mean? So that that is actually true, and um, I want to say we were <laughs> probably sticking out, but you came by, you were very nice, and you were very personable, and that was really, it was really warm and endearing. You're so kind to say that. And my mother and dad would be disappointed if I didn't act like that. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, that is always that, that they impressed upon me is take time for young kids, take time for older citizens. And you can tell what kind of person a person is, how they treat people that are younger, little kids that are eight or nine, 10 years old, senior citizens. Uh, also, if they ha have any dogs, the dogs can tell you, and for the record, I've, I've got four. So uh, they can tell they can tell a, a gentle spirit in, in human beings. I mean, they pick it up faster than anybody. But watch how people treat young kids and older adults. And I ask people to, you know, I don't want to say follow me around, but I, I couldn't do it any other way. Uh, I enjoy saying, so where do you go to school? Eight years old. You know, I was eight once, you know, and they, their eyes light up because adults don't usually talk to eight year old kids. But I had such great parents and a great brother, Robert and, and 
my sister Patty passed away and my sister Pam. But to have those kind of that kind of family that taught you that it we're, we're all here together. We're all God's children, the bottom line. And once we learn how to treat each other as brothers and sisters, everything else takes care of itself. That's, that's right. That is right. W.L. Paith Jr., Thank candidate you. for mayor of Beaumont. Thank you, um, W.L., for, oh, I call you Bubba, but thank you, well, W.L., for well, you know, I went, huh? that was That was so nice because I, when I was younger, most people didn't even know my real name was W.L. Paith Jr., but when I became an Army colonel, Colonel Bubba just didn't have a ring to it. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I still answer to that, and Tony knows. If somebody yells Bubba, I look around. That's right. That's right. So before we close, I'd like to say, if you have the last in words, i like everybody to tell, I want you to tell folks why you want them to vote for you. It's very simple. There is not one person running, and they're all good people, that has more experience that will be able to start from the first day moving Beaumont forward. This is not a position that's an on-the-job training. We can't wait two years for somebody to figure out how to be mayor. We need somebody that on the first day knows what to do to move Beaumont forward and wants to work with everybody to make it happen because it is this kind of approach that makes people, makes teams successful. And I want to be your mayor because I know I can do some great things for our city. And when we, when I finish my second term and say, man, this has been great. And the next mayor comes in, I can say, I'm just really excited that our new mayor's taken over because I know he or she'll do a great job. Because that's my goal is to help develop future leaders for Beaumont because I'm not going to be here for it. None of us are. Both number one on the ballot and number one in experience. That's all you need to remember. That's it. Thank you, W.L. We thank you. Thank for, you. Uh, thank this you is for, great. Can we do uh, this now? Invitation? No, no, hell no. You trying to show up too much? <laughs> no, but us. I enjoyed it. I'm up. glad that you got to come on, and I'm glad that the people kind of got to listen to you. So I'm glad that you accepted our invitation, and we're happy um, that you came on tonight. Hey, listen, once I'm mayor, I'll be happy, happy to do this because I'm going to do a podcast once a week for me, you know, mm -hmm. a few moments with Mayor W.L. Pate, but I'll also be doing yours. You say, hey, hey, W.L. or hey, Bubba, trust me, uh, I'll be there to talk with you as well. We need to get the word out. Beaumont is a great place. And once we are convinced it is, the rest is going to be history That's again right. in right. Beaumont, Texas. Thank you, everybody. You watched us to the end. We appreciate you for watching or listening to Knowledge is Power podcast live with my co-host, LaDonna Sherwood. Our other co-host, she's a little ill tonight, but she'll be back with us on Sunday. And Bubba, thanks again. We're going to hey, invite you back so again. I enjoyed it. This, this I enjoyed you too. It was fun. I'm yes. telling you. All right. This was a great. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for watching Knowledge is Power Podcast Live. Be sure to like and subscribe to all Knowledge is Power social media pages.